human is chosen by a magical ring which grants the user superhero powers. Now, Hal Jordan must conjure the will in himself to become Earth's Green Lantern and stop the evil parallax once and for all. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb Bouget. I'm Connor Izagiri. Welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. Today, if you didn't clue in on that uh, description, we will be talking about 2011's Not Forgotten, thanks to the numerous jokes, superhero flick, Green Lantern. Um, before DC finally started having a modicum of the success that they're having now and being a little bit more relevant with their movies, uh, and Ryan Reynolds obviously hitting it big with Deadpool, there was this film. This, this was this existed. Uh, it's been destroyed by critics for well, forgotten but not forgotten. Forgotten but not forgotten. No, they want to act it exist, but it's been part of pop culture almost to mock this film still to this day. Uh, we'll get more into that later, but before we do all that good stuff, I'll shoot up to you for the scores. Okay, Green Lantern, the original intended start to the DCEU, but thanks to the bomb, that didn't happen. 26% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 45% audience score. Curtis Consensus reads, noisy, overproduced, and thinly written. Green Lantern squanders an impressive budget and decades of comic mythology. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, $200 million budget, grossed. $219 million. So $19 million gross. This was labeled a colossal failure and shelved indefinitely to the point where we have still not gotten anything connected to Green Lantern apart from a brief bit in Justice League. And two different announced reboots that are eventually happening. Mm -hmm. The HBO Max will probably happen before the, the movie that I don't even know what's going on with the movie anymore. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but before we answer all this good stuff, uh, the question I have for you today is we're in the pantheon of superhero. You know, I know you're a big comic guy. Does Green Lantern place like what do you have any emotional connection to Green Lantern prior to this film coming out? Uh, <laughs> so I, I grew up with the Justice League uh, cartoon and Justice League Unlimited. And uh, Green Lantern's a big character on that show, but it's the Jon Stewart incarnation of Green Lantern, not Hal Jordan. So not really. I didn't have really any emotional connection to the Hal Jordan version of Green Lantern. So going into this, I was kind of just like, oh, it's just Ryan Reynolds playing Van Wilder for the fifth time. And this time he's in space. So I didn't really have very high expectations here because I didn't know a lot about Hal Jordan. I didn't know a lot of the Green Lantern mythology. But it was still, you know, DC Comics movie, and I wanted to see it. Um, so while I didn't like the movie, I wasn't as, like, emotionally devastated as a lot of Green Lantern fans claim to be. Yeah, they made it quite known online. They're, they're very vocal about how much they hate this film. Um, 
Yeah, same, like I, you know, other than like the the DC animated shows I watched as a kid, I wasn't like super invested in Green Lantern. I wasn't like, oh my, you know, I knew about him as a superhero. He wasn't like one of my all time favorites. So I remember when they announced, it was like, oh, okay, cool, DC's really trying here with something that isn't Batman. So this was at the time we were still really from DC, only getting Batman and the occasional superhero film that would usually flop um yeah this was in the middle of the this was in between the dark knight and the dark knight rises and then there was that jonah hex movie a year prior so it's not like dc was killing it no <laughs> so i just remember thinking like oh, okay i remember seeing when they first announced they were like ryan reynolds like, i think it was like the mtv movie awards where he came out on the stage with the fucking huge ass lantern and like announced it. it was like yeah i'm playing and like you know they showed the trailer it was like oh shit I remember actually thinking like, okay, this is pretty good. Like, I like Ryan Reynolds, um, even though yeah, I know he, you know, he plays Man Wilder, but I, I like, I, well, now we the joke is he plays Deadpool constantly, um, yeah. But I, I mean, I, you know, as soon as I am a fan of that movie, I am a fan of Van Wilder. I'm a fan of Waiting and a lot of other stuff he did, so I always enjoyed him. So I was like, okay, fuck it, let's give it a chance. And I remember, kind of like you, like I remember watching, kind of going, okay, it's not that great, but like I don't hate it that much um i will say watching it recently and really like watching it now for this something happened where i'm mean, like no it's like i still don't hate it as much as anyone else does but not a lot of good decisions being made in this film yeah like if i was gonna you know like what, what, what would you say the base like a base for a good superhero movie would be like not out you know not like the avengers level crazy excitement unbelievable like a good one. I'm going to say Iron Man. So, like, if that's an A, Green Lantern, to me, is like a C-. minus. Like, it's serviceable. It's not a horrific watch, but it's not doing any anything new. It's not doing anyone any favors, and it's certainly not, you know, doing right by fans. You can just tell. Certain things you can tell. Even if you know nothing about the mythology, there's certain times where you're like, oh, fans aren't going to like that. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is when you turn your villain into a fucking cloud. They always do that shit. I don't know why. Big space villain. It's like they they just don't know what to do. I don't understand that. You know, there's a whole comic that you could just look at and go like, oh, we'll just design him like that and we'll be good. No, they're like, mm, no, let's make him a cloud. People will like that. <sighs> yeah. Parallax in the comics is like a cool like space bug made of fear who like possessed Hal Jordan one time and he killed all the Green Lanterns or something like that. Like it was a whole crazy story. They could have done that. Yeah. Well, and this is all something that to me they were playing, they were still kind of playing stuff safe, right? Like comic, comic films were still playing it safe. Whereas now I feel like they would go with something like that. Like things things like the Suicide Squad and Thor uh Ragnarok and you know the the wild stuff Guardians of the Galaxy are also forgetting with the, those films to me has made it to where like they're now more willing to back that kind of version of a green lantern but yeah let's try that because it's out there it's different it's not the standard of what we've been getting for a while well dc now i feel like after playing second banana to marvel for so long and having their own version of an mcu just completely collapse i feel like at this point they might be starting to realize that they really don't have anything left to lose so why not start doing weird shit like the suicide squad and black adam and these movies that, you know, aren't exactly, you know, the original formula. So I like that they're starting to take some risks. 
because they like, you know, like I said, they <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? Justice League tank. That was the worst that could happen. So here we are. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, I, I stand by like I have liked their approach since they've decided to stop trying to connect everything like it's it's to me. I've almost consistently liked all the films probably since Aquaman minus one woman 1984. I did not like that one at all. But like everything since Aquaman, I actually like walks away pretty happy with. Like Aquaman, um, Prey. I know some people really didn't like that one, but I liked it. And uh, uh, obviously the Suicide Squad, Joker. You know, I I've enjoyed all these films. The first Shazam, I'm looking forward to the sequel. Like since they've gone with less of a let's connect everything more, but let's just have it. Yeah, it is. It is a universe. It is one universe. They make their occasional little reference, but it's just it's all its own little corner doing its own thing. Has worked to me tremendously for them. Yeah, I agree. I think they just you know not everything needs to be as you know perfectly connected as Marvel. And this, you know once you realize that and you start doing your own thing, people are going to flock to your movies too. Yeah, don't and copy. I, just do your own thing. Yeah. And I, I will say I was I was worried when the Suicide Squad did the box office. I thought, oh, shit. I know how WB is and DC is. I'm going to scram off. They haven't. They just held fast. They're like, hey, look. They're like, look, between it being an HBO Max release and a theater release at the time of the pandemic, the Delta variant was like just starting to take hold. Obviously, it's a single film that people fucking hated. This is why when we're not changing. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And I think it worked out because the audience came. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't do great at the box office, but just look at its perception since then and how much people like it. And the fact that Peacemaker was such a huge fucking hit for them. So, you know, I'm glad that they haven't done what they have done best in the past and be like, oh, God, something fell. We need to scramble and try to fucking fix it. It's okay. We had, you know, for a reason, this shit, you know, fluked, whatever. We'll just continue forward. Yeah, except when it's Green Lantern. And in that case, we're going to bury it and just give us a whole bunch of false starts that are probably not going to happen until we get some kind of auteur to get a hold of it. And he'll spend six years trying to make his Green Lantern that people might like. I'm, I'm really holding out for the HBO Max show. I'm really hoping that because it seems like they're giving their Max shows thanks to Peacemaker and what they're doing with the Batman stuff. So I, I have hope that maybe that Max show will actually happen, but we'll see. <laughs> we, yeah, uh, but we'll see. If you don't have much else, um, I have Development Hill, a quite lengthy one today. All cool. right, let let's go back to a, a, a bygone decade, known as nineteen ninety seven. Keep in mind, this phone was released in 2011. Jesus. 1997. WB approached Kevin fucking Smith to script a Green Lantern film. As he got, once he finished, and this was after he scripted, he never actually made Superman Lives. So he got done scripting that. I guess WB liked that script. And went up to him and said, hey, do you want to script Green Lantern? How many unmade superhero movies has Kevin Smith written? All of them. I love that they keep going to him, but then nothing happens. Well, and this in this case, this is why he turned it down. 
told them no because he believed there were more suitable candidates for that film. I admire that. I wonder if he was also still a bit a little uh, cold about Superman Lives. Could be because uh, the fact that that was scripted. There's test footage of fucking Nicolas Cage in that goddamn suit. I have the script. I bought it at a at that place in um, Seattle, the yeah. market we went to. I have the Superman Lives script. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you getting that. Yeah. Keep me in. Yeah, yeah. So he turns them down. This next name will really surprise you. Ready for this? Where you possibly fall off your chair? Because this is 97. Quentin Tarantino was approached to write and direct at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. John Travolta as Hal Jordan. Uma Thurman as Carol Ferris. Sam Jackson as Sinestro. That would be awesome. Very much R-rated, probably. Yeah, an R-rated. Yeah, Green Lantern. The Tarantino vibe. It, I think looking back, if that had happened, it would look absolutely horrendous these day, like these days. And it would have probably derailed his career a bit. I don't think it would have worked. But it would have been hilarious. It, that would have been like the king of bad movie night. Is put, yeah. Let's put on Green Lantern. <laughs> Just the thing, like that, that is like up there when I learned that they approached James Cameron for a Spider-Man film. Like, God, what would that have looked like? Like, because that was before Titanic when he gave a shit about story, goddammit. Well, he gave way too much of a shit about Spider-Man. I was looking into that. He had some weird-ass ideas. I'm so glad he didn't get to do Spider-Man. Cameron yeah, would like, he, he really has made it known he wanted a hardcore sex scene. Like That's been the one thing I keep taking away is that he's been very vocal about that. I'm like, why is that what you keep honing in on? Well, that and like Arnold Schwarzenegger was his pick for Doc Ock. And he was going to have like a catchphrase and a sidekick. And it, it, was, it was so weird. You're telling me we were going to get Doc Ock puns, like Mr. Freeze puns? Well, no, basically just okie dokie. Damn it. I was like, like, wait, more puns from the man himself? That was the only thing that stayed from Cameron Spider-Man to Raimi Spider-Man was the organic built uh, web shooters inside the body. That's all that stayed. Right, which is... I learned that a lot of fans. I didn't know because I was like, I was eight, nine when that film came out. So I just fucking loved the movie as a kid. Didn't think anything. Apparently, fans fucking hated that. I found out. I saw a thing recently for Doctor Strange from their press for it. Like, Raimi was talking about that and like how fans just fucking hated that and wrote to him all the time. The hills that certain fans choose to die on, I will not understand. Like, did you watch the movie? The movie's awesome. And it doesn't matter. It really does. The littlest thing. Oh, my God. If anything, it makes more sense than them having ruptured. I'm going to say it right now. You got bit by a fucking radioactive spider. You got all these powers, and somehow you can't shoot bubs out his body. Yeah. Like, if anything, it makes more sense that it's organic. I'm just saying. I'm, that's who I'm not on. Come on. And me. I always got the vibe that, like, Tom Holland's Spider-Man was way smarter than Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Like, yeah, Toby's, you know, he, he knows some physics off the top of his head, but Holland's like building shit. So same with Garfield. So like, I, I don't I don't think it really would have meshed well with the character that Raimi gr- created with Maguire Spider-Man. I don't know. I just don't care. I, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, either way, I like the first two films. Yeah. 
Everyone's I never right. gave a shit about like, oh my god, his web shooters aren't there. How is this movie going to be any good? Right, and he gave us one of the better jokes in No Way Home when they were asking him about it. Yeah, Did it come out of just your hands or other places. <laughs> I'm still in awe that we actually got the movie we got with No Way Home. Like, I still every day I'm like, I it happened, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, we got a phone that if one person had said no, it all would have tumbled. <sighs> Wonderful. But yeah, uh, Tarantino's Green Lantern. No, sir. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I was like, really, they fucking Tarantino. They were really going after him after Pulp Fiction, man. They wanted him. All right, it's Green Lantern. They went after him for a Bond movie. He wanted to do a Star Trek movie. Tarantino keeps almost doing giant projects and then just saying, eh, fuck it, I'll do my own movie. Which I love. Yeah. I kind of like is my thing, and I I know one day we'll talk about whenever we do Grindhouse, but the reason I've always preferred Planet Terror as opposed to his death proof film in Grindhouse is because I feel like he his his need to have it be talky. Which, don't get me wrong, he is fucking phenomenal dialogue. It's what he's known for. I'm not taking that away from him. I don't think I'm taking that away from him. I just felt like he wasn't able to kind of let it go a bit for some of them to be like a very high-octane exploitation action film. Or So I'm like, kind of like, so there is a part of me that's like, no, do your own film, because after seeing that, I'm worried you can't drop some of your stuff or mesh it well with an established property for it to work. Yeah. Just fine. I'm not saying that that is a bad thing. It's, if anything, like I said, it's why we have such great original films. Um, I just don't know if it would his style would mesh well with a franchise. No, he's incapable of making anything but a Quentin Tarantino movie. And I get that. You know, he's got his style. He's got his what he wants to make, and he's yet to disappoint me really in what he's done in his film. So I say keep going for it. I frankly, I think a. A Bond movie or a superhero movie by Quentin Quentin Tarantino would just be weird, and it wouldn't feel right. Yeah, and like, look, we get we get our action film film with the Kill Bill film, but you got you got Kill Bill one and two, act and Tarantino, and both those films fucking rock. So, yeah. All right, so. There's, I have no further elaboration on Tarantino and why he left or anything. Just at that one point, they asked him to write and direct. I guess he turned them down. I don't know. Probably wanted to go make Kill Bill at the time. Uh, so originally, WV envisioned this film as an action comedy. Okay, whatever. I can mesh as well with the superhero film. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is part that I was like, I don't agree with this choice. So here we go. Um, once they get the Envisioned the phone is that they had a completed script from Robert Smigel. Smigel, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that last name. In 2004, so we've already jumped all the way to 2004 with Jack Black to lead. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope, I'm not. Jack Black as Hal Jordan as a Green Lantern. Was he gonna like? There's no confirmation for Ben Hal Jordan, just that he was going to be the lead in the Green Lantern film, this action comedy Green Lantern film. Were they going to pay for his like personal training, or were they just going to let him be schlubby Jack Black as Green Lantern? I would have loved if you just snuck in Tenacious D songs throughout the movie. That's hilarious. I that would have tanked so hard. <laughs> yeah. So for 
none of these versions sound good at all. Minus what could maybe what Kevin Smith would have done with it, but I wonder if that same producer was going to be like, "This is great, but where's the giant spider?" It's like, dude, go away. <laughs> this is great, but we want one line clerks through clerks just now. Green Lantern. Oh my God! Fucking Jason Muse as as Green Lantern. <laughs> Silent Bob's there for no reason. He just he's playing Silent Bob like he's just around. <laughs> Green Lantern seems to spend quite a lot of time at the Quick Stop or whatever that place. Quick was it Quick Stop? Yeah, it's Quick Stop. Okay, it's it's movies. Yeah, movies. I think is what it's called. Movies. There we go, movies and the sequel because Quick Stop gets think, burned down. You're right about it. you're right with movies. Is it movies? Yeah. Uh, and then I think it's it's supposed to be Quick Stop again, the upcoming Clerks Three. Yeah, Quick Stop Groceries. All right. Yeah, just Green Lanterns there a lot, just chatting it up, chatting up all the time. I I wish it, in his Green Lantern it actually is Jay who gets chosen by the ring. Like that character. <laughs> I'd watch that movie every day. Oh my god, yes. Especially because <laughs> that was that time when he was really only doing R-rated comedies also. So like would he have been able to be like, oh, I can make this PG 13? Fuck that. No. What was that? 97? So that would have been between chasing Amy and Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, this one with Jack Black, for once, for once, in the rare rare case, they did the right thing. They listened to the fan reaction on the internet and scrapped it. Because they didn't exactly get the best reaction with that announcement. Unreal, man. That that was even considered. (laughs) Would it kill one of these executives to open just one comic book? Yes, it would. Get the vibe. It's their kryptonite. They have to do... Look, they don't want to do homework. They just want a movie. I don't think they even fucking know what kryptonite means. I mean, look, Adam Green loves to talk about how he got that note when he was at one point scripting a Aquaman movie, and a note from the producer said, great script, can you get rid of the water? Love it. My favorite one to date is the the Gremlins executive who told Steven Spielberg this movie has too many Gremlins. <laughs> and he told the guy, well, I could get rid of all of them, just call the movie Humans. And the guy's like, all right, I get it. Well, if I had the power at that time to do that, like, yeah, well, we can take it out, and then they're not in the movie at all, and then it's not a Gremlins movie. What the fuck are you talking about? There's few things on earth as absolutely fucking stupid as a film executive, as a producer. Yes. And I'm not, and look, I'll say, yes, there's good ones out there. I think Jason Blum for Blumhouse is a great producer, especially I've seen him on Joe Bob. Like the guy actually lets his fucking writers, lets his directors do their goddamn movie. He leaves them alone. He just pays them, gives them the money for the movie, and leaves them alone. Lets them Jason, do their thing. Jason Blum and Kevin Feige are great. Everyone else go fuck themselves. Yeah, yeah, and then I the only to me the only time those are good ones is if they have actually worked. Like I know James Wan produces a lot of stuff. 
And I'm sure he's great, but he is also a working director, so he knows what it's like. If they've actually done their time, if they've been, you know, actors, directors, screenwriters, then they get to produce. Yeah, they're awesome. They're usually pretty hands-off, or if they are hands-on, they actually have good advice. I'm talking the people who, you know, went to business school and then were hired by fucking Miramax because they knew somebody's dad, and now <laughs> they're just calling the shots. Those people can go fuck themselves. Yeah, and those are the ones saying dumb shit, like when the Universal reboot, monster reboot was first happening with that ill that shitty mummy film and then they literally made the comment a company that got famous latest film by the way from the universal monster movies that are classic horror films said on a fucking interview all the films we are doing will not be horror because horror doesn't make money at the box office (laughs) and you wonder why that version of the reboot didn't fucking happen (laughs) it's almost like dumbass action movies don't make money at the box office (laughs) Yeah, and then when you piss off horror fans and say something like that, they go like, well, we're really not seeing your movie now. Speaking of... bad, didn't you say that? I heard they're, they're, uh, they're bulldozing the Universal Monsters Cafe at Universal Studios Orlando. Yes, yes, I read that. They're, they're nixing any ties they've got to the, to the monster movies, which blows. Yep. Makes me sad. I wonder if it was that executive who's like, gut it, because it's not making money. <laughs> I will get rid of these goddamn monsters. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. What, what was I on here? Oh, okay. So this, you know, the project would go dead not for too long um, because Batman Begins would come out and become a huge hit and kickstart the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, and for those who don't know, Mr. David S. Gore was involved with uh, Batman begins. He's a very on, for those who know, very on and off, in my opinion, hit and miss um, figure in the comics ward. Like for every Batman begins he gives us, there's a fucking blade tarantula that he delivers as well. So it's like, man's very hit and miss, but he, for the, he, for the most part, gets it. I'll give him credit. He usually does get it. Yeah, I agree. But I wonder how much of that is everybody else's input. This is true too. I wonder if like the bad ones are more of like a studio issue where his hands were tied. His Blade Trinity, written and directed by David Escoyer. So that was all him. <sighs> so I I don't know. Yeah, well, either way, with that, you know, he's involved with that. So WB happy with the release of Batman Begins, approaches David Escoyer with the offer to like Blade Trinity, write and direct. Get this part. Get this part. Either a Green Lantern or Flash film. I guess they thought if we offer one of the two, he'll take Green Lantern and we'll be good finally. Gordon didn't fall for it. He's like, well, I want to do a Flash film. (laughs) Pick one of these options behind my back. No, no, no. Pick the other one. Good job. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what they're like, how they thought this was going to work. Like, if we give him two options, guys, we've been trying to screen Lantern off gone. He'll obviously want to go for that. It's the much more. Who wants to see a Flash movie? Why did Why did they even give him options? Why did they just say like, "Hey, do you want to make a Green Lantern movie?" Like, why did they try to trap him? <laughs> I don't know. They tried to trap just for it to blow up in their face when his main answer was like, "Oh yeah, I want to direct a Flash film." Like, so well. I, 
I would love for like that producer that had the ideal thing, you know, such a great idea to see his face drop as soon as like David Escort said. I'd love if the executive was like so committed to like he refused to admit he was wrong. So he's just like, oh, okay. Well, here's here's the budget. Uh get started. And just made the flash movie. And everyone was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I it trust me. <laughs> Recording your interview, I promise, but we should hit this flash film first. Damn. I really thought we had a hook, line, and sinker. How many movies that we've seen came about from just dumbass decisions like this? You ever think about that? Like, how many movies you're watching were like, was this concepted on a dare? Like, was this somebody's passion project? Was this just like an idea some executive had and was like, we're making this movie now? Like, I always wonder about that. Like, where does where are these ideas incepted? Where do they all come from? And now I know from dumbass executives trapping directors. Yep. And you know, it's funny because then you have like the stories of like um, you know, uh people like Charles Spain of, of Full Moon Productions, Roger Corman famously. Um with that's a cool poster. Give me a movie. <laughs> but the difference is somehow he made good movies out of that. Like I don't know how to explain it, but it was like he made good movies, whereas these guys, it's like, but you know what it is? I think it's because when they do that move, right? And they go like, oh, that's a cool poster. Or like, this is cool. I don't make a movie out of it. From there, they leave the fucking person they assign alone. They let them do their fucking thing. They just say, hey, we like this idea. We'll make a damn movie for us. We'll give you this much money. Get out there. Get out there, champ. Well, <laughs> I think a, a lot more horror movies than any other genre come from a place of love and excitement and fun rather than money. So I think that's a big part of it. You know, a lot of superhero movies are made almost entirely for money. Where they're like, Batman worked, so here, dig up another DC character and make Batman, but with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's the difference. Like, they tried doing the same thing. Like, hey, we have a Green Lantern, the rights, let's make a movie. And then when they eventually did it, it, you know, they didn't know how to fucking, what they want. They probably had a lot of fucking dumb notes they were making about production it's just it, it became a bad bad time yeah. i wonder how many executives were like all right does he have to be green <laughs> and are we married to the whole lantern thing <laughs> that's that sounds stupid but it could have happened <laughs> Shoot. you know what's more said just uh quickly i don't want to go too deep in this but i'm going to say because this is well before the the car diversity and the Me Too movement, a Black Green Lantern? You think? I wish we'd gotten a Black Green Lantern. I want the John Stewart. Would, how many? I know that's what I'm saying. How many of these? Directors are, hey, I'll do a John Stewart. And the series like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want John Stewart. We want Hal Jordan. Why are you being political? <laughs> Just, I bet that's what. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. I'm just saying, like, because we're talking about it, like, yeah, how often do you think that was like a thing? Because this was well before people finally started putting Hollywood to task for this type of stuff. Yeah, I guarantee, I think like up to that point, the only DC, like the only black DC character who got in a movie was like Steel in the 90s with Shaq. Yeah, so, yeah, that sucks, but I think, yeah, probably. I'm sure some executive was like, no, we're doing the white Green Lantern only. Yeah, and there's a reason I brought this up because this brings me to my next part of this. See the segue I did? See the X? I'm getting good at my segues. 
so with that on that note ladies and gentlemen i'm i'm probably not far off because um after you know goyer said i'm gonna i want to do the flash and i guess they told him no because they were hoping for green lantern um hold on real quick do you want to do a green lantern or a flash movie i want to do a flash movie no (laughs) oh all right (laughs) what do we do now Real man, I mean, we never got the flash movie, like, we it, didn't, it still we hasn't never, come out. We never, <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they had to tell them no, they said something because it never fucking happened. Oh, after that, though, actor writer, um, Corey Reynolds, uh, paid WB an ideal for a trilogy, um, with himself starring, um, as well as writing it. Uh, under the title as his favorite Green Lantern, John Stewart. Hmm. Yes. Uh, script was finished in 2007, so we're getting closer. Under the title, Green Lantern, Birth of a Hero. Not a bad title. Not like the worst. It. Not the best. Okay, well, someone's a dick. <laughs> yeah, whoever told David S. Goyer he can't have his Flash movie. <laughs> um, but... I just I don't like subtitles for a part one. I feel like we don't need that. Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, they, they can just call it Green Lantern and be fine. Does, does the raid redemption ring any bells? Moving on. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. Look, it was just called the raid when it came out, but then they were like, "Oh, it's American audiences can't just accept the raid as a tie." What does that even mean? We have to give it something. I'm like, no, no, you don't. We don't care. We don't fucking care. I'm picturing like a like a screening for Americans, and some guys like, "What's a raid? Is this about bug spray? Like, right? is somebody being redeemed here? I don't know." <laughs> Same guy when they slap on redemption later, he goes, "As he's saying, he goes, I get it. They're redeeming the brother relationship. Oh my god, like, I don't like it though." <laughs> They're not speaking English. I don't like this. It's fine. We'll just remake it with Michael Bay. For Netflix. God, it makes me so mad that his name's attached to a fucking American remake that doesn't on goddamn Netflix who is already having issues. I'm just saying, Netflix, get your shit together before you try to attempt a raid remake. I just heard you laid off 150 employees. You canceled four more animated shows. I do not understand why, like, of the budget cuts Netflix is making, they're like, all the animation has to go. Like, what the fuck? I feel like we're starting to witness the blockbusterification of Netflix. Yep. It's looking like I'm about to save like 20 bucks a month. <laughs> Where am I going to get all these DVDs in the mail? <laughs> you know what? I'll say it. I'm I'm starting to go down that route of like it doesn't bother me if I don't get the DVDs in the mail because I still have a movie that I got from them months ago that I have yet to put in my fucking Blu-ray player. I just end up streaming something instead. I'll tell you this: if if it, if the company goes down while I still have those, I'm not mailing back shit. Oh yeah, I'm keeping Hunter Hunter at this point. Yeah, I'm keeping Texas Chainsaw Three and Dark Waters. Those belong to me now. Netflix, you don't care about your physical releases anyway. <laughs> All right, but 
get this wb like this script said 2010 release date so okay sweet finally happening we're gonna get a, a john stewart everything's right on board hollywood's being diverse sweet awesome maybe we're on to something here you're wrong you're so wrong because without warning no reason given the studio abandoned the fucking concept had greg Melanti sign on in october 2007 so the same year the script had was originally finished and Berlanti had signed on to direct and co-write with Michael Green and Mark Guggenheim. Mm. Those Berlanti and Guggenheim might ring a bell for a lot of you comic DC nerds as some of the masterminds behind what, well, the almost now getting destroyed Arrowverse. <laughs> also getting, God damn it. <laughs> also getting destroyed by WB as we speak. Um, but I think one of them is actually attached to the HBO Max show. I forget who. I think Berlanti, one of them got fired for sexual harassment. One of the dudes off the flash. I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was Berlanti. I think it was Guggenheim got, was the sexual harassment. I think Berlanti stayed. Yeah. He's been kind of like the mastermind of like DCs. I know he's been like actually a fan favorite to be their Kevin Feige like person because he, he's a big DC nerd. He understands DC. So there's a, a fan push to get him to actually kind of be in charge and shepherd everything but it obviously hasn't happened i don't think he wants to do that i know it's a i'm i was looking forward to seeing you know peacemaker and batman have like a hallway heart to heart before they go take on i don't know fucking you realize that's probably more you realize it's more part of the cw than him i feel like that's cw being like we need this a certain way still still part of the show still it's become a crucial part of all the shows so not superman I wouldn't know. I gave but, up. But again, that one, I think they are actively now against CW. I think the shows are against CW. They're like, no, we are not this way anymore. I'm, but, a, Riverdale, I'm a Riverdale fan. No, I'm not. You, <laughs> no, you're not. I was like, I don't think anyone is. That has like some of the lowest ratings on the channel, apparently. I don't know how it's still going. I don't know who would read the Archie comics and think this seems to be a gritty murder mystery in a high school. <laughs> I heard like a lot of CW shows, like a lot of people like like the first two seasons, and then there's just like, yep, and it kept getting renewed. Yep, that's supernatural. Again, the only show to ever escape that. <laughs> yes, and hopefully Winchester doesn't um break it for them. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope that stays independent. Anyway, Berlanti, yeah, yeah. Got, yeah I bet I bet we all know the reason that this that Corey Reynolds' Green Lantern got scrapped, but nobody's saying it. Uh-huh. That's why I asked you, why I brought up this scenario of this being pre-MeToo, pre... I don't... There's no real name for, like, Hollywood getting caught out for the diversity thing. For There's no, like, catchy name to it. But, you know, it's all before all this stuff. So that's why I brought it up. We could, that, will you, you keep know, it in line with DC and call it Blackgate? God. Well... <laughs> God damn it. It's a prison and also something else. Uh, I'm just picturing some executive like they were getting ready to like start production and he he opens a comic book that landed on his desk somehow and he's like, wait a minute. He's black. And then the next day production halted. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's all calm down here. 
When you said John Stewart, I thought you meant the guy from the Daily Show. <laughs> I love that guy. Here, let me. I, I didn't bother to hit click on his name, but I'm going to see if Corey Reynolds. I'm assuming he is a black actor. He is. I looked him up already. Wow! Thanks for saying something. I um, assumed you knew. No, I just assumed he was because he wanted to do the John Stewart. I was like, well, he's going to be black, so that would be weird. That well, would be he was a star. So I'm like, well, he's probably black. Yeah, but that's what I'm getting at. Like, if that was the case, what were they thinking the whole time Corey Reynolds wanted to star as John Stewart? What were they thinking? Like, they probably thought like, oh, he's going to play the sidekick or something. Nobody thought past that. They're like. Oh, he's he's clearly the representative of the guy who's going to play our Green Lantern. Can't wait to meet him. Oh, these fucking assholes. Oh, yep. It's <sighs> yeah. So I am sure that's why I brought it up. It had everything. That... I am going to say it right now because of the time. It probably had everything in the fact that it was a black Green Lantern. They were like, no, 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 no. Just like females, they don't want that. Audiences don't want that. They want a white male that represents American values. Yep, that's the argument. That is literally like the mindset they had. Not yeah. the fact that I just want someone that represents the character in the comic um, on the big screen. I could care less if it's female. I could care less of what race they are. I don't even care if, they ident- if they're non-binary. I don't give a fuck. I want them to represent the character that I see on the pages. Yeah. Accurately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, executives have never given a fuck about that. No, they want something that they think audiences want, and usually we don't. So, after that happened, we cut all the way to December of 2008. I don't know why, but I typoed and put 2018 and I, in my script. December 2008, script had undergone three fucking drafts between October 2007 and December 2008. Jesus. Three drafts. And was finally prepping for pre-production. However, in February of 2009, Berlanti was no longer attached to the project and Campbell, uh, Martin Campbell would come on to direct. Again, no reason given, just not attached. But I oh, do have a quote from him. But say your piece. I think the I think Arrow might have had something to do with that. Maybe I don't know. Was Arrow coming out in 2009? I think all that shit started around that. Let me look up when Arrow first premiered. Uh, you got to see Arrow TV show, otherwise you just get like some company. Uh, Arrow debuted I in 2012. Oh, never mind. Oh. Especially if you type in error, the some company is probably the you know the big fucking uh, company that loves to release various horror films on Blu-ray and stuff. That Arrow. That is not the, the streaming company. service. That is not the company that came up. When I typed in Arrow, I got electronic components online. Arrow.com is your resource for electronic component products. Okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't because of the show Arrow. Um, before I'd say what Berlanti at least said his piece, um, this would also obviously get the release date changed. So now the release date got moved to June of 2011, which that one stayed. Um, that it would come out on and on that date. Um, but as for what Berlanti would say in 2016, so years after after this happened, 
Um, Blancy confirmed he was fired, actually. And that he had nothing to do with the finished pro- product. I wonder what he did. Like, I wonder if like some executive ever heard him just like casually saying to a friend, like, yeah, I think Green Lantern could probably be a black guy. <laughs> like, somebody's like, we need to get Berlanti off this fucking project right now. <laughs> it just sounds like they were so determined to have Jon Stewart completely be wiped out from this project. Even though you could argue he's probably the most famous of the people to take on Green Lantern. Like, that's who people want to see. Yeah, because of the animated show where he got to shine as a real awesome character. Yeah. Granted, I have heard that um, the proposed HBO Max show would have him, Guy Gardner, and Hal Jordan. Like, they're going to find a way to get all of them in it just to circumvent any fucking, like, you know, debate with that, which I think if they pull it off, could be really cool. Yeah, the Green Lantern core of Earth, get all the human Green Lanterns in it. That'd be, that'd be a good idea. Throw in, you know, yeah. Kyle Rayner and Jessica Cruz. It'd be a cool yeah, show. And it shows it shows that you know WB is willing to be diverse because you have your black green arrow, your green arrow, green lantern, uh, your white one, and uh Guy Garner, I believe, is uh gay in the comics. Yep. Sounds like Riverdale in space. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> are you sure you're not secretly watching Riverdale? Are you are you lying to me with your history for CW and you're just like secretly? Just binging all of the CW shows. I only need to binge one, and I feel like I've seen all of them. I could probably tell you everything about Riverdale, having never seen an episode. I would laugh my ass off. Like I just like, like if you're over here one day, or like I'm at your place, and I just walk in, and you just are surrounded by food and just CW. You know, like oh oh god, oh, no no no, I'm not I'm not no not watching. I was I was looking for the news. For the news, <laughs> I I doubt it. I just I don't. I, I watch so many of the superhero shows that I'm so burned by them, and I just I look at the, their like their other programs, and I'm like, this is the same shit, just with a different rapper every single time. How do they keep doing it? Oh, well, they're getting bought, so I don't know. Well, I guess somebody finally wised up and they're like, wait a minute. It's the same thing. They're getting bought and like they have been facing apparently historical fucking cancellations because nothing is surviving. They have been canceling shows left and fucking right. So everyone in charge is like, I want it all taken off and I want the slate restarted. Fuck your shows are on air right now. That's always worked in the past. <laughs> we'll see. Like I said, I'm going to give the Winchesters and Gotham Knights a chance. Um, but that's it. Nothing else to confirm. But like, so they're they're pretty much wrapping slate clean. So that's really it. That's coming out. Not I'm interested in. Uh, but back to this. So yeah, Brilliant uh, apparently was fired. Why he was fired, don't know. He said he was fired, and that he was like very adamant that he had nothing to do with the finished project. He's just like, nope, not 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 me. I did not give you guys this. I. I'm pretty sure I saw his name in the end credits. I want to see what credit he did get. <laughs> I remember seeing his name and thinking like, oh, that explains a lot. And like WB just to rub it in was like, oh, no, we're giving you that credit. I think so. Um, 
Yep, right here. He got a writing credit. God, you know that was just their way of rubbing it in. Him and Guggenheim both got a screenplay and screen story credit. Oh God, WB, you dirty bastards! <laughs> oh wow, you know that was a movie. Like, just blame them. Don't blame us. Don't blame WB. But with that, that's the last bit of fucking upheaval this film faced. It's finally shooting, but now we need someone to play fucking Green Lantern. So, as always with these some of these films like this, I have some names that were considered. Um, of those, obviously, what we end up with, as if you've seen the film, is Ryan Reynolds. Um, he was actually one of the top choices in the list of people in Boston State. So I'll leave his name out of the top choices, but he was the top one of the top choices, and he obviously got it. Um, other, the three other names I got from that list were Bradley Cooper. Yeah. He would have been great. I would have been down because this is this is this is after the hangover, right? So this is like right after the hangover, yeah. Yeah, people know who Bradley Cooper is now at this point. Um I don't necessarily feel about this one. JT, Justin Timberlake. He's a pretty good actor. You know what? Actually, I would be on board for that. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, if you're going for the Howard Jordan, you probably could pull it off. This is right after the social network. So he definitely had it, but um, I can see why, you know, fans probably would have been like, ah, no, boy band, ah, so. not in sync. <laughs> There's uh, a reason he is the most famous out in sync, guys. All right, you give JT some respect. He brings sexy back. And finally, <laughs> yeah, all you people can just cry me a river. <laughs> He also is uh, not lucky with wardrobe. Wardrobes at the Super Bowl halftime show. I I don't blame him on that. I don't. I'm just, I'm just saying he's, he has unfortunately proven to not have luck with uh, wardrobes working how they should. Well, we've all got our weaknesses. And this last one, are you ready for this? A man that has been attached to many a failed superhero film. Not Vin Diesel, is it? I wish I was saying that, but no. And don't get, don't even, don't you dare. I read the fucking thing on the, on the Reddit thing finally. I looked at the guy. Fuck you, Vin Diesel. Fuck you. Just make the goddamn movie. You fat piece of shit. (laughs) Well, that's two shows. Now we just got to get that rant on an Oscar Sunday and a sneak preview and we'll have it all all covered. <laughs> if there's I'll, I'll do it. I'll rant on all four. We'll just buzz you in briefly right. for Oscar Sunday so you can just talk down Vin Diesel and then that'll be it. Right. This is how we become famous. Vin Diesel might be for me. But no. No. But because he has okay. This name has only had Phil Chipro Project. Vin Diesel has technically got lucky with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, no, Jared Leto. Oh, fuck that. No, thank you. Can you imagine the unbelievable amount of douchebag method acting he would have done? I don't have to. I saw Morbius. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. he, held, he held up takes for like 45 minutes because, you know, he needs to know how to walk in crutches, which, okay, I'm sorry, you're apparently... I look, just to quickly, like, I know we've kind of talked about this, like, look, 
this is my feelings on method acting and really i like everyone every actor has their method to get into character and i get having to do something to get into a certain emotional state if you're doing the kind of shit he's doing and like other people that are that serious with their method acting as far as i'm concerned you're really not that good of an actor because you because you can't turn it off and you're clearly not able to do your job which is in the title act um (laughs) and you're just now being a fucking bully and a douchebag to below the line crew people that don't need that kind of treatment. They're not getting paid nearly as much. Half of them if they're are working for fucking free. So fuck you, man. Like fuck you. I love all these, you know, legit celebrated actors coming out like Mads Mickelson saying like, yeah, method acting is fucking stupid. Just do your job. <laughs> like I think it's I think it's dumb. I think it's it's unnecessary and it makes you look pretentious and just difficult. So I don't know why people still do as, you know, insanely method. And clearly, if you've seen Morbius, it's not like it helped. If you've seen any of the fucking su- that or Suicide Squad they did, it did not help in either fucking scenario. It really didn't. So seeing Leto as the Green Lantern, although if that had happened, maybe it would have tanked his superhero career early and we wouldn't have had to deal with Suicide Squad and Morbius. Right. Because now it's looking like it's taking two goddamn films for someone to be like, maybe don't put him in superhero films. <laughs> yeah, took long enough. Uh, that's hilarious. I, I stand by Cooper though. Bradley Cooper would have been fantastic as Hal Jordan. I think so too. I like Bradley Cooper though. I think you know he's a really good actor. I like I like the dude as a as a pretty he seems like a cool dude. I think he would have nailed it. Yeah, same. He's one of my favorite guys working today. And yeah, that would have been neat. I'm surprised he hasn't been. Oh, well, fuck it. He's Rocket. Never mind. Plus, he's Rocket, dude. Yeah, I just, re- I just realized, like, wait a minute. We've. I don't, it, honestly, I don't think people talk enough about how good he is as Rocket because, like, you don't really recognize his voice all that much. And it's, like, really against, even against his hangover type of character, like, he really plays against his usual type of roles. Yeah. Well, I think that even, you know, as a, since he's just doing, you know, a voice acting performance as Rocket. I'd love to see him take on another role in the MCU or even in like a DC movie. I think he's, he's talented and I'd, I'd like to see that. Oh yeah. I'd love for like James Gunn may find a way to have him like actually pop up live action. Do you feel like the next suicide squad? He should be like, I don't know. Fuck it. Make him green Lantern now. <laughs> oh, DC. <laughs> but yeah, and then yeah, I think I think Justice League would have been fine. I think especially because like he, I don't think he's like the he's had a weird film career. You know, he had like a lot of people noticed. I felt like with Social Network went like, oh okay, this guy can really, you know, he's more than just in sync. And I don't like I'll, full disclosure. I definitely listened to Sync when I was a kid before I really got into music. So like I knew who Justin Timberlake was. Yeah, obviously, you know, he's obviously proven to be the most talented of of them, but you know, instinct and his solo career and acting like, I don't mean that in any disrespect to their guys and whatever they're doing with their lives. Just obviously you can look at his career and go like, yeah, that guy had something, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he didn't like a couple of films here and there. I felt like social really showed like he can, he can fucking act like he can do interesting projects, but he's, I always see him in fucking rom-coms or something. I don't really see him in like anything, Super, and now it seems like when he does try to do something super challenging, it doesn't take. You know what I mean? Like that end time movie didn't really launch yeah. in any way. He's good. He's no Joey Fatone, but he's good. He's so Joey Fatone. 
I heard Joey just keeps popping up on Impractical Jokers. I've heard that like there's a fan outcry for him to be like the new fourth guy. They, I was actually surprised he didn't try to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're talking about it, but uh, that's funny. But yeah, Justin Timberlake has you know he's chosen some odd projects. I guess you know rom coms pay. Rom coms pay. You know, he seems happy. I mean, he's. He's still working. He's married to Jessica Biel. Like, I doubt the guy, he doesn't seem exactly like sad in any way. I love him whenever he pops up on SNL because he's always like, it's always going to be a great episode when he's involved. Uh, he's fucking hilarious. You remember, do you remember that sketch where he played like an Irish immigrant who's like, hopes that one day his great grandson will bring sexy back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, it'll be gone and he'll bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely like, had this been a good film, I wonder how this would have done from uh, Career Rise. And it does make me wonder if he has, like, you know, we don't know if who DC is contacting nowadays, who Marvel is contacting nowadays. There's so many rumors of who they're talking to. Who knows? Maybe JT is being, you know, contacted by one of them again. Maybe they're approaching him about the TV show. Bradley Cooper would make a pretty good Reed Richards, I think. Ooh. I mean, if Krasinski's, you know, just in it for the cameo. Interesting. Yeah. Or fuck it. What do, you, what do you think? Like Dr. Doom? Maybe. See him do like a, a more villainous role? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. What ifs right there? <laughs> uh, as for this film, I, now that we've had that fun, um, from there... As far as filming and post, I don't really have a lot on that. That kind of went off without a hitch. Um, only thing a note was that WB did raise the visual effects budget by now. I want to say this because I don't see how it made it look less shitty. Um, <laughs> they raised the visual effects budget by $9 million and hired additional visual effects studios, like whole studios, to help the team out who are working overtime to meet the release date. Well, that explains a lot. Uh, but that $9 million just went into Peter Sarsgaard's testicle forehead. Because, uh, you know, I don't see where else it went. <laughs> this is some yeah, of the lousy CGI I've ever seen. It's like, I don't, I don't know where else it went and what the other teams that they brought on did. I don't know. Maybe they helped make Tim Robbins look enthusiastic about this. He did a good job making his hair look like coloring his hair so he looked younger. He is so much better than this. Why is he here? <laughs> Him and Angela Bassett, like you didn't yeah. need to do this. Almost all of the cast, actually. Almost every member of this cast. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush is here. Michael Clark Duncan's here. Clancy fucking Brown. Unbelievable. What a everyone got squandered. What script were they handed? <laughs> this felt like a, you know, you'll get your lines on the day kind of production. I got, I got a little something on that. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that. Before I get to some more quotes that I have from uh, our star and director, um, all I got left on this is uh, with that, you know, right? Like I said, this phone, uh, I put, as I have it here, this would all be for naught. Um, all the extra work they put in because the film failed to perform, as we said, right, 219 on a 200 million budget, and critics absolutely fucking 
hated it. So they didn't exactly do anything. Um, in turn, uh, the the sequel they were talking about was canceled. Um, any kind of tie-in tied to this was fucking canceled. Movie WS tried to bury it much to their chagrin. They haven't because um, people like Ryan Reynolds will not let us forget. And actually, I think it's really funny. <laughs> he has gone so far to shit on this movie. It's really amazing. Uh, which can be, I think it's a little unfair to all the you know technical people, but also like the movies earned it. And he, the way he's well, doing it, in our first, he makes fun of the elements that he's involved in. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so all that stuff would go away. And like you said, um, WB uh, would try again at a, at a universe with Man of Steel, which. You could say was Rocky, but it worked for them better because I will right now in WB and more and DC films. I think these the tones of these two films should have been switched. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have helped. Yeah. Um also last thing I want to point out before we answer these two quotes. Uh like I like I said there was when DC was like announcing their shared state, uh, there was an announced film reboot called the Green Lantern Corps that was actually supposed to come out originally two years ago. Um, <laughs> but mom, mom's been the word on that movie. I don't know if it's still happening, what's going on. The last update we got was that they are developing a show for HBO Max. When that's coming out, we don't know. It's supposed to be a 10 episode series, like I said. Um, from what I've heard, they're looking to get uh, uh, Guy Gardner, John Stewart, and Hal Jordan into this show. And it's supposed to be essentially a celebration of all of the Green Lanterns. Um, <laughs> and no release date, but that's that so far is on track at, to be happening. I remember back like in 2013 when Man of Steel happened, they were like, guess what? DC's doing its own MCU thing. And here's all the films we're going to get. That's right. There's going to be a cyborg movie. Can't wait for that. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Green Lantern Corps. Wow. I can't wait. <laughs> it's, I, it's really sad now. And literally out of that slate, they've either been incredibly disappointing. They're no longer coming out. Or in one case, one keeps getting delayed. Yeah, with DC, I, I take every announced project with a grain of salt. I don't believe in it until I see footage. It's not. It does not exist until there is footage. It's so weird because you have Marvel that announces it left and right, but comes out with it. They deliver nine times out of ten. Sometimes they've had the few times they don't, like the whole Inhumans movie. I would never understand for life of me what happened to lead it to being a show and not the movie that probably would have been kick ass. I don't know, uh, but Feige is clearly not forgetting. He's never forgetting that because you know, as we've seen with Black Bolt reappearance, he wants fans to know like the Inhumans are still here. So it's like it's like his sinister six. He's like, I will have the inhumans in this universe, god damn it. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like yeah, nine times you know, nine times ten they deliver. We have the occasional whatever happens, right? Happens. Um and even yesterday, there was like, you know, all the announcements they made yesterday with the trailer for She-Hulk coming out, and then they released a screenshot of Thor Eleven Thunder, and then a screenshot for Echo to announce that's in production. Like they 
they fucking go for it and they usually deliver. DC is the exact opposite. They love to announce shit and then it like never happened or it takes years for it to come out. Anybody can announce that they're going to do something. I'm going to write the next great American novel eventually at some point. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> it's like no, at some point you lose faith. You're like, hey, how's, how's that novel coming? Oh, it's coming. It's it's like winter. It's coming. Yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, Marvel is all action. DC's all talk. And yeah, that, yeah. that bugs me. Oh, yeah. Them and Star Wars, which I, I don't know if you saw the updates that were released yesterday from Disney about Star Wars. I did not, actually. Uh, so they are uh, John Watts is developing a, some a, a Star Wars TV show. Oh, so I guess he, I guess he's not as uh, burned out from Spider Man as we thought. Yeah, apparently he is doing Star Wars. He wanted to do a Star Wars project. Yeah, I just want to do something low key and not all that much work. So I'll go to Star Wars. God damn it! Just say yep. you don't want to do Fantastic Four. Don't lie to us. <laughs> You give us this bullshit um, that and then Kathleen Kennedy finally was like we're not focused on trilogies we're just gonna focus on the larger universe and do films within the universe and persistent that's how she wrote it persistent storytelling um, she's like we're looking right now at Taika Waititi Star Wars film being the first film to come out to kind of represent this new change in direction and go from there just picturing like Ryan Johnson's off to the side, like what? What about me? And so apparently, his is still on the table. They're waiting for him to do, finish this deal with Netflix. And the two guys from Game of Thrones are over there. Oh going, no, that's gone. That's done. They're looking at Ryan Johnson like first time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, at least they're you know doing stuff. And with Star Wars, you know, I just I want what I want. I want from that what I want from anything, which is good storytelling, good actors, and something that somebody actually cared about. Yeah, I will say the the approach to stop having everything be a trilogy. Like, I don't know why they thought like it's Star Wars; it has to be a trilogy. Just make a goddamn movie. It does not need to be some trilogy every single time. Rogue One wasn't a trilogy. People loved that. I so loved Rogue it wasn't one. a trilogy, and they didn't love it, but some people saw it. I saw it. I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. I liked it. I liked it more than I liked episode eight and nine. This is also true. <laughs> All right. The quotes are, I didn't, I didn't pull the quotes for you, but I, I paraphrased what they said. Got the gist of what they said. Um, so again, in 2016, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, was quoted as saying that filming was frustrating in a classic case of a studio not having a script or even an ideal of what they want, but let's start shooting anyway. What a shock. Reynolds coming clean, saying this is how it was. Frustrating experience. They clearly didn't know what the fuck they wanted to do, and yet we were shooting a film. I do love when actors get to be candid, and they're not doing that press junket shit of like, oh, it was a memorable experience, and I enjoyed working with I love when they're like, yeah, no one knew what the fuck they were doing. We didn't have scripts. It was terrible. No wonder the movie sucked. <laughs> I wish more people did that. Right? I like how... I, I like how he just never never must be like, well, you know, at least I found my wife. That's the mother to my kids. Just no, the filming sucked. Fuck this movie. I didn't enjoy anything about this movie. Get in the car, Blake. 
I love the kids more. <laughs> uh, Have you seen their like their uh, Instagram direct? Like they are, they must be a fucking great couple because they are hilarious with each other. Yeah, they have. I love. There, I saw something with like she was at. I think it was the Met Gala when she showed up and in her dress, and he was like, "Oh, like he did like a Looney Tune style, like oh she's hot kind of look on his face." <laughs> yeah, they look they look happy. So I'm glad at the very yeah. least they found love from this production. But also, I think you got to voice. You know, people should be able to voice their opinions on working on a shit movie because you can't. You can't fix what's broken if you don't admit anything's broken. Like you need to, you know, understand what went wrong so you don't do it again. Yeah, which is probably why I, I think, in a way, I'm so happy he he's he. I mean, I would say in Ryan case, he learned his lesson because the how he approached getting Deadpool made, which was this is the ideal, this is the script, this is what we're fucking doing. I will not budge. And he it explains why he treated the 20th Century Fox at the time. The way he did when it came to it and just being like, yeah, take away my salary for if you don't want to do the guns. I don't give a shit. Like, I would, I wonder how much of that was. Well, obviously, I feel like him because he seems like a generally good dude. Like, I get good vibes from Ryan Reynolds. Um, but also wonder how much that was this because of this production. I just I can't believe that he had the one two punch of like X Men Origins Wolverine and Green Lantern within two years and had to deal with that. At the, like, at the time, you know, when Green Lantern came out, it's not like he was about to jump into Deadpool. There was no Deadpool. He was like, fuck, that's, that's two in a row. Like, it's never going to happen. And then he was able to get Deadpool. And now that was a huge hit. So I'm glad that worked out. Yeah. yeah. And even then, just the stories he was telling about, like, how he had a fight for that. Like, he had to fight them by like, keeping the R rating. He leaked the footage because he's, like, all confirmed it, which I love how he's been about that. The coyness, he's like, I'm not saying I know who leaked the footage or anything, but if I had leaked it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Like it's it's crazy the story that that thing had. I know, like when X Men Origins Wolverine came out, like he he didn't want to do it that way, but they blackmailed him. They're like, mm-hmm. you either do it this way or we're cutting the character. Like, fuck, what do you do in that case? I mean, yeah, just for him to turn around and be like, you know what, fuck you, I'm doing it my way. And like, because like I said, he, he got the footage leak. He he fought to make the film radar with them. Like apparently, I heard he fought hard with them. Um, and then when it came to uh, you know, the reason for everyone's wrong, I was like, oh, what was his magical gun bag in the first movie? That was because of the budget. Apparently, the script had it in there. They said, hey, at the last minute, I guess you tried to roll, and they said, hey, we're slashing your budget in half without fucking warning. And he said, all right, I guess we're counting the guns out, no problem. And he goes also. I think the other thing they were trying to do was like, what's going to be expensive? And his response was, then cut my salary. I don't give a shit. Like, he literally just every step away was like, I don't care what you do. I'm making this fucking movie. And I just love that at the end of the day, he proved them fucking right. It became the highest grossing R rated superhero film and set the standard. Because after that, we got fucking Logan and Logan and Deadpool <laughs> 2. <laughs> We got a lot of promised ones. Like, there's going to be an R-rated spawn at some point, I'm sure. That has a lot to do, apparently, with um, Todd McFarlane's not playing ball with Blumhouse. Now, that's a case, and it's a case of not even, like, the studios being difficult. He's being difficult. He's being his own worst enemy with the movie. So he's actually derailing the movie himself. Jamie Foxx is going to get tired of this. He's going to leave. Yep. 
So from my understanding, from re- inside reports I've read off sites like Blaze Discussing and stuff, for once, it's not the case with the studio. The studio's been very much like, hey, man, when are you going to have the script? When are we getting ready to shoot? Like, we want to do this for you. Like, what's going on? And he is apparently the reason it's being the real. He is his own fucking producer, his own worst enemy in this case. Well, still, no Deadpool, no Joker, no The Suicide Squad, no Peacemaker. Like, that was that was a trailblazer, Deadpool. Yeah. So thank God. <laughs> I was forgetting all that other stuff. But I was like, there wasn't really a, yeah. I remember at the wake of it, we got Logan happen, and then Deadpool 2 obviously happened, but then like we got a lot of promise shit and nothing. Marvel's been more reluctant to go R, but DC was like, fuck it. What have, you know, like I said, what have we got to lose? Do it. <laughs> well, and then again, kind of proving how much it, it left an impact in cinema, the fact that Kevin Feige was like, hey, Deadpool 3, not only is it happening, we are developing it, it will be rated R. No one worry. It's being rated R. Disney's cool with it. You know, we're not changing that. Like, fuck yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, like I said, I, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, it sucks that, you know, Ryan Reynolds had to do these, get stuck with two really shit superhero films. But, you know, well, thank God he stuck to his guns. Three, Blade Trinity. <laughs> okay, three shitty superhero films. <laughs> God, but thank God he stuck to his guns, toughed it out, and because of it, we now have Deadpool. And he did a hell of a career research because of it too. He kept trying. He really kept trying. He's like, one day, I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> That's fantastic. <sighs> well, now for the director, Marn Campbell. You're probably thinking, isn't this the same guy who did out that really kick-ass James Bond movie? Yes, it is. You are correct. And yet he also did this film and apparently the really amazing film from this year. So what you're saying is it's kind of a coin flip with this guy. Yes. (laughs) In 21, actually, not too long ago, last year, he went on record to say he didn't have directed the film and he took responsibility for the film not working. He elaborated by comparing comparing how to get ready for Royale. He watched all of the Bond films before directing it because he was actually a big Bond fan and wanted to do it. And that superhero films were never his cup of tea, in his words. Why did he do it? Like, I don't even like this, but I guess I'll make it. Like, that's stupid. It's like... Paul Paul Feig with Ghostbusters. Like I didn't I didn't like Ghostbusters, so I guess I'll make Ghostbusters. I hate when people do that. If you don't like it, fuck off. Yeah, I don't understand. Like we're not suffering anything if you don't make a movie. You're not going to have your heart in because all we get is a film that has no heart. Yeah, God, man, that sucks. Explains why Goldeneye and Casino Royale both kicked ass because he was a Bond fan who made really good Bond movies. Yeah, unreal, man. I'll say I'll give him this much. I I, I appreciate him taking ability. You don't hear that a lot. It's always like, well, no, it's there far didn't work. It's there far didn't work. He's just like, hey, look, I fucked up. I shouldn't have taken it, and I I did it wrong. It's my fault that this happened, and we haven't had a Green Lantern product since. The Joel Schumacher approach. DC has to do this a lot. Yeah, they do. But what <laughs> I like about Schum- I think I like Schumacher more because Schumacher has been like, look, this is what I did that didn't work. I didn't do that or shit, though. Some of that was DC. (laughs) 
I love that. He's like, I own up to what I did. I'm not owning up to the whole goddamn thing, though. The nipples, my bad. The tone, not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I get that. (laughs) Shit. Yeah. Hey, I did wrong, but fuck those guys. All right. (laughs) A lot of blame to go around here. (laughs) I'm just saying. Some of us had some bad ideals. They won't all by me. That's all I'm saying. I love seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger's like thoughts on Batman and Robin. He's like, "Yeah, I had a great time. I got paid to be blue and smoke frozen cigars and wear bunny slippers. I had a ma- I had a wonderful time." And just say puns the whole time. Yeah, I didn't have to memorize anything. That's all dumb shit I learned on the day. I had a blast. <laughs> God damn it, Schwarzenegger! <laughs> you know what? He understood the assignment. He he. I I. Do you get the laugh out of everything he says? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's all I have for development. Now. Um, as you saw, like it seems to be a thing with most superhero films. Long, long road to release. And I feel like this really shows a light on how why we got the final product. We have a film that clearly the student just determined to make regardless of any actual idea on a story a good candidate uh, for the job, which led to a, you know, like when I was saying, a very frustrating film experience because no one knew what the fuck was going on with the story or the script or anything. These were just shooting material, and you had a director that just heart wasn't in it. Yeah. That's how you make a shit movie. That's the formula right there. That's the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me wonder what would happen if, you know, many WBH just let fucking Berlanti make the goddamn film since he seemed like he was willing to make an accurate Green Lantern movie. We'll never know. No, we won't. So, unless you got anything else, I think it's time to move on to the awards. Sounds good. Let's do it. Start the Zack Snyder. The worst scene. Um, This was difficult because there's not a lot of scenes in this movie that stand out as like oh that was fucking terrible like what was that it's more of a snowball effect of like you know okay turns to bad turns to pretty bad turns to worse turns to why the fuck did i pay money for this um but i had to go with um just just because just because i thought it was so convenient and it's the end where Hal easily defeats Parallax by hurling him into the sun. It's like this being who is so dangerous, every Green Lantern in the universe fears him. He easily dispatches some of the, like, Sinestro's elite core. The Guardians are afraid to stand up to him. And this new guy who's had the ring for three days <laughs> chucks him into the sun, and it's over. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's so, it was so stupid. And I just, I didn't feel anything in it. And then, of course, Sinestro, Kilowog, and Jeffrey Rush show up when it's done and are like, good job. Proud of you. We watched the whole time, did not help. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, no, well, come on. We know we have a whole core of Green Lanterns ready and willing to fight, but we just had, a, you're the newbie initiation, but sorry, we got to see how you did. Every new lantern has to fight the scourge of the universe. It's just part of the part of the trials. <laughs> like, no, 
every lantern like they were all just there hanging out on oa just kind of waiting for somebody to do something like who right. made sinestro like team leader where'd that come from i would i would have loved the idea it's just shot of all of them just surrounding earth going one guy's like you think we're gonna we're gonna go down there and hope no 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 well, he has to on his own it's part of the process you hear Hal screaming like, oh, my God, somebody help me. Oh, dear God. They're all on the moon like, yes, run the to do this alone. Trust me. Ignore him. I'm not going out there. That thing's scary. Just It seems so unnecessarily convenient. And it could have been really cool if, like, as, you know, Parallax is fucking him up, the Green Lantern Corps show up because they believed in him and they kill this thing together. Like, that would have been really cool. Yeah, which they kind of, the film has a scene where it looks like that's what they're building up to when he goes and makes his big speech to the council. Yeah. And Snatch like, okay, respect, bro. And also, <laughs> I feel like the Guardians of Oa would never just be like, well, Earth is <laughs> Earth is uh, collateral damage in this ongoing war, so fuck off, Hal. I'm, you know, <laughs> thanks for your, thank you for your three-day service. <laughs> you can go home. For Look how we care. Break. We care about all the other planets, but Earth. Okay, all right. That just didn't really mesh. So that was mine. Okay. Uh, with mine. So for me, it became a a pick of which of the fucking crashes in this film I wanted to pick of aircraft because every single one looked fake as fuck and CGI'd. Um. So I had all of them run down at first, and I ultimately went with the helicopter crashing at the fancy party they have, the, the rich people party, um, with the subsequent rescue of his with the racetrack. Um, one, because yeah, it looks horrendous. Like, every, and it's not the only crash. Like every like every fucking plane that crashes, it's clearly CGI'd. I think at one point the helicopter, I can I I noticed it when I was watching it. The the if you pay attention, like the tail just starts like whipping. Like crazy, as if it's not fucking metal. Well, dude, that thing just goes into a crowd, and amazingly, nobody dies. Yeah, no one dies. At all. And then how he says it is a fucking racetrack. I'm like, really? That's that's how you do it? <laughs> dude, the, the over-reliance of CGI in this movie is absolutely fucking crazy. Hector Hammond's hamster in his apartment is CGI'd. They, they come about just to get a real fucking hamster. Apparently, somewhere in that extra $9 million, there wasn't enough for a $2 hamster. You just go to PetSmart <laughs> and buy one. I think they're like 20 bucks or less. Don't it's quote me. I'll look at how much hamsters cost, but I'm pretty sure they're cheap. I don't, I'm, gonna, I'm pretty sure they're not $9 million. No. I'm pretty sure it's cheaper to just get a hamster than to make one from scratch on a computer. And then... Guess what? You give it to someone that wants to take it home after the production's over, and yeah. now they got a new pet. Or if you encounter a Peruvian guy, you know you got a you got a good meal there. Jesus Christ! Not even kidding. <laughs> For real. Uh, but yeah, just it's amazing that their their default setting was like, ah, just we'll put it on the computer. <laughs> Fuck it. We're doing live. No, it's fine. Yeah, and then like was also. What I also hate about this scene in general is this is when it's like a cell shot. Now Earth has seen him as Green Lantern. There's video evidence of this happening, right? They've seen it for the first time. This is never followed up on. Like it, most of your phones would use this as a launching pad to start being like, now he's becoming more, you know, po- becoming more a part of the more uh, 
public's becoming more aware of him. Now he has to deal with that, right? That would be usually where we go with this. Film does not do that at all. There's never nary a mention of the public taking this to the goddamn news. <laughs> like they would. Like I would be like, dude, there's a dude in a green fucking suit with a racetrack at this rescue. Like the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, we, we never follow up on that. Like it's it's he just continues leaving a low uh, profile. There's so much in this movie that you can tell was in like the first draft that got partially deleted in later drafts, but never erased from the film. I think I feel like Amanda Waller was supposed to be a much bigger part of this. Yeah, to be. There's no, especially because you don't get someone like Angela Bassett. Yeah, to be like we just need you for like two scenes. Yeah, and then you're gonna get hurled into a wall and never seen again. Yeah, you're you're playing one of DC's most iconic comic characters. Like, it was crazy. You know, I was surprised because I've seen this before. This is my second time seeing this movie. I had completely forgotten Amanda Waller was in this movie. Yeah, I forgot. And then I forgot it was Angela Bassett. I was like, oh shit, it is Angela Bassett. Because again, like now I'm so I've seen all seasons of American Horror Story. She's been a big part of that cast in more recent seasons. So that's usually where I remember her from is that now. So I watched it, I was like, oh shit, that's right. She's in this. Yeah. Well, just Waller's such an amazing, evil, weirdly patriotic character in the comics and in the cartoon that you're like, this character rocks like what the hell is she gonna do and in this she's some like you know joe schmo scientist with who isn't in charge of dick and just gets killed by psychic peter sarsgaard it's like what a why even just give her any other name why make it amanda waller yeah or give it someone like james gunn who did her completely right in the suicide squad yeah and is getting her own spinoff so yeah viola davis killed it yes with that, now for the uh, the the Ed Wood worst line or lines. Um, I only had one here because uh, I didn't think the dialogue was that bad, apart from you know Ryan Reynolds' random you know shtick uh, that he can't really escape from. It's like his default setting is like annoying, bro. Look, you know, I'll say this. I remember before, like when Fear was coming out, I was like, do I really want to watch this and see him do the same thing? Then I watched it and I laughed my ass off. I don't know how, but I'm not tired of it. Like, I, every time I think I'm tired of it, I watch this man and go, God damn it. He's just so goddamn good at it. It's true. I just, I feel like in this case, it just didn't work with the Green Lantern. It doesn't, no, it doesn't work with the Green Lantern at all. No. Um, and I did think that, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some ones I was laughing at. Like, the whole, like, no, let's get naked and go fly some planes. Like, I laughed. <laughs> but I'm like, it's not, you know, it's not how Jordan, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he can in a way turn it off. Like I would actually argue that Adam Project, he was able to turn it off at times and give very traumatic uh, moments and let that those shine through. You ever seen the movie Selfless from 2015? No, I've I've heard about it. No, he that's one of the few movies where he has completely turned it off. Like it's a hardcore sci-fi drama thriller thing, and he's it's really good. Yeah. I, I think he's able to turn it off. I think what happens with these guys who do a lot of com- comedic roles and you see where like actual like you know big names like Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler and them, they always have a trouble going to drama. Not because they're bad actors. I usually they're actually most comedians are really good traumatic actors. People can't accept it. Like people like and I've I I have someone at work that like she can't she didn't she couldn't do uncut gems because she only sees Adam Sandler as a comedian. Ah. I'm like like i'm sorry that's that's on you if you can't see them as an actor i get it he has spent his career 
doing comedies, some very beloved comedies. I get it. Like that's what he does, but like they are actors. They let them fucking you know experiment and do other shit. Cause as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to do that to yourself and learn yourself like that, you're you're excluding yourself from what was a great fucking performance in Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems fucking rocked. Yeah, that was such a great you're, 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 yeah, like you're denying how you know whether you like the film or not, it's just the fact that that was just an outstanding fucking performance from him. Oh my god, he got robbed by the Academy, but I'm glad he, I think he won the uh, what was it, the Screen Actors Guild? I think so. Yeah. I, and I or saw the Hustle. Maybe it was the Independent Spirit Awards. Maybe. I was, and I saw the, the trailer for that film, Hustle. Looks like he's going for it again. Like he's being complete fucking serious in that one too. I'm like, damn, he must really be trying right now. Well, he admitted open, like he said that like, you know, he keeps doing these shitty comedy so he can go take his friends to like fiji and just have a vacation for a little bit like i get it if i had that kind of money i'd do the same thing and you know what they keep making money people bitch about them i'm like the fact that he's so able to make them says that they are so fucking successes so well anyway um my line comes from uh it's when hal is showing his computer geek friend played by taika waititi uh the the suit and he just goes, question, ready to have your mind blown? Like, ugh. What is this, like season one of The Office? Why are, we, why are we doing it like this? That's not, people don't talk like that. I don't, I just thought it was like unnecessary for the scene and goofy and stupid. Yeah, like I said, like, uh, like we kind of talked about, his stick doesn't work as much in there. I, I don't think it's necessarily Ryan Reynolds' part. I think one is the character just doesn't really mesh well with that. And two, the script just didn't give him anything. To work with, in my opinion, I agree with um, that. Yeah, because I, I I have two scenes, and actually I have two lines, and one of them is in that same scene. Is actually the one time they try to make Taika Waititi funny, which is weird because usually, as we've seen, that dude's fucking hilarious. Yeah, like the dude's fucking calm and old. But this line does not work, and it's when he goes, "Oh, cool," and he leans in and he goes, "Don't they always get the gore?" I was like, that was kind of stupid. I, and it felt like it was supposed to be a joke, but I'm like, that wasn't funny if that was a joke. Yeah. It's like, and it's established that like things ended badly between Hal and Carol. So like, there's not really a lot of levity there to play with. It, I don't know. Just again, it's a mesh. Yeah. yeah. And also, I guess in a way, like we, you know, we've, we, one of the main things has been called out with Hollywood has why does every time you put in a male and female lead that they have to be romantically involved? People are tired of it. Like they can be platonic friends. So having a line like this, it's like, why do you always need to get the girl? Why? Why? I just I don't care about having a forced romantic subplot in a fucking movie. Yep. I don't know. Like the man, I just started thinking of that when that line came out. And it also made me think again of like how much I like Venom, which avoided that trope and instead made it, you know, he actively apologized to her, but that didn't fix everything. She's moved on and he's accepted that. It's like, that's how human beings work. And I like that in the movie about the alien liquid possessing the loser, we got a better relationship story than we did in almost every superhero movie ever. Yes. <laughs> or recently with Sam Raimi's uh, Dark Strange and the Multiverse Mass, how they handled 
Strange and Christine's relationship, where he he finally said what he needed to say to that one universe, that one alternate universe for right version of her, and how hey, I'll always love you, but you know I messed up. It's done. It's over. Yeah. And you know he said what he said, but accepted that she's moved on. She is married. She's not waiting for him anymore. And it's one hundred percent. He even says it. It was my fault. Yeah. I, and I like, yeah, I like that. It's like, no, okay, we're not going to see it like get fixed, and she dumps her guy, and then, you know, yeah. goes to strange, and especially because, like, you know, if there's one thing I know a lot of people like to say about, in the case of Stan Raimi and his Spider-Man trilogy, it's how the whole fucking um, Mary Jane Watson and Peter Parker relationships kind of handled throughout that trilogy. Um, so having that kind of like, I don't know if I want to say baggage, but having that kind of knowledge and then seeing how it was handled here it was like oh, okay thank you like we're not going to play this game anymore we're well past those years of film it's realistic like how it should be in real life which is like look you lost your chance man you can go ahead and admit your feelings that's fine but also admit that you lost your chance yeah and besides you know if the post credit scene and the comics lore or anything go by he's about to get freaky with your mama's niece so part three is going to be good yeah, yeah, and they did that exactly like, hey, look, we're going to close this and just establish something else instead, yeah. and it's something that's technically more comic accurate anyway. Yeah, bring it on. But I just, I like when superhero films are just a little bit realistic on that front, because everything else is so fantastical that I think it, it's good to have some balance in the human relationships. Mm. It, yeah, and it's just, I know, like, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm definitely in the mindset of, like, stop forcing Romantic soap it does not have to be in every goddamn film I watch. Put a male and female lead. Um, just stop, especially because we've seen it where like the actors don't have chemistry, but they're still trying to do it. It's like, oh my god, I'm not even feeling it because they don't have fucking chemistry. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then lines and this one, Reynolds, and I put it down because I felt like he was really trying to be emotional with it, but I just didn't buy it. And also, just again, it goes with how this film just seems to like move through stuff without any kind of. Sashman, I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a fucking minute for one of my particular awards. Um, but that's after Sinestro tells him he's not worth the ring and all that good stuff. And um, Reynolds, instead of doing more training with like Kyoga, goes, I'm done. He's right. I'm only human. And just calls it quits. <laughs> I was like, one, I've barely seen you train. I got one montage. Two, like, Reynolds, you can tell, is like really trying to sell that scene. I don't know if it's just like he's not able to do it. All the scripting's bad, but I just I didn't really believe it. I was like, okay, you you didn't really do a whole lot, man. Like, you imagine if in the first Rocky movie, all the training he does is he spends ten minutes trying to catch that chicken. He can't do it, and he's like, I'm never gonna beat Creed, and just gives up. Yeah, it's like there's no earned payoff. Like what? I saw one montage. You had the ring for like 10 minutes of the film. What do you mean you're already done? I'm not the greatest space cop ever after doing this for 10 minutes. This is worthless. Why am I even here? Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah I'd, be, I'd be pissed if I was Sinestro and be like, this dude's not even trying. Yeah. <laughs> and then not only that, they commit to it. There's like, for the next like 30 something minutes of the film, it's him just not doing any Green Lantern. He's just like, nope, I'm, I committed to what I said. I'm like, the fuck is this? I was like, like, we're an hour into the film. Fuck you. 
I'm surprised like the core didn't send anyone to check on him. Like, uh, dude, how you've been chosen? Like, we need you to do this, or at least give it back. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you can't just like we never got that. It was just like, I guess I'll keep going, and then he just like you know, once Parallax shows up, he's like, oh yeah, I forgot I took an oath. I better go do that. Yeah, it's just it's weird, weird line dialogue that leads to a really just weird character arc. It is yeah. It's so odd. Uh, good, good picks. Yeah, and with that said, like uh, like you, Farmer, it was also hard because for the most part, like the dialogue wasn't terrible in this film. Somehow they got good dialogue out of a film that they clearly didn't have an idea on what to do with the script. Um, but now for our Steven Seagal, I'm very curious in what you have because this was an interesting uh, pick for me. I know, uh, but yeah, our worst performance. What do you got? Um. I'm not really going to be breaking new ground here. I did go with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and it's not the performance so much as it's just a blatant miscast. And he he's just not Hal Jordan. He's This is if Wade Wilson somehow found a Green Lantern ring. It's just... It I doesn't, would watch that in a heartbeat. I, I would too. I would too, absolutely. But uh, it just doesn't vibe. I think that uh, they went more for star power than they did with character here. And I, I get it. You know, they had to sell this somehow. But, um, yeah, I don't like him as Hal Jordan. I think he's – I think he completely misread the character. Uh, very close second was Blake Lively, who I just don't think is a good actress in the first place. I don't like her. I got no beef with her personally, but I think she's a shit actor. I was only, the only film I ever really liked her in was um, The uh, the Shallows. True. Shark she did. Yeah, that, that wasn't bad. But I remember The Sharks more than I remember her. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny? Like, look, so I'm not, I'm gonna say this right now. I don't, I'm not saying she's ugly. I do think she's a pretty lady, but I have never been on like the fucking like hard, like hard on, like obsessive, like fucking dudes. I've been hearing like how people have been like raving about her. I've never been on that bandwagon. I've always been like, yeah, she's good looking, but she's not like one of my favorites. Like, I get why Ryan Reynolds fucking fell for her. I totally understand it. He's but, yeah. he's hotter. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I thought Mark Strong was a great pick for Sinestro, but we didn't really get anything to see from yeah, him. And we never, and because they did such a bad job, we didn't get the promised sequel. We would have seen him go full bad. Which probably would have been great. Yeah, Green Lantern versus Sinestro. You know, it's Superman and Lex Luthor, Batman and the Joker. Like that's. That's his arch enemy. I wanted, I wanted to see that. Um, and then I thought, uh, you know, Tim Robbins and Angela Bassett are here for the check. I get it. I'm, I hope you enjoyed your yacht or whatever you bought with that money. Um, Peter Sarsgaard, his whole character makes no goddamn sense at all. I don't know why he's here. Well, that's that's a that's a good segue for my worst performance. <laughs> okay, I, I, I put Peter Sarsgaard. Um, again, this really in this case, this is really not a shade to any actor's performance ability in this film because these are all really good actors that have all been great in other shit. I 100% blame the script and direction in this film. Yeah. Um, but with that said, I fucking got how god annoying his villain is. Like he's either like mumbling quietly, like quietly talking through half his lines, or like yelling constantly, fucking. Yelling after like a fucking yelling. yell one more goddamn time and watch what my, what my remote's about to do this TV. 
He he's and basically he's like he's a psychic. And then, yeah, and then they they try like they set him up to actually be the villain. Like like so I'm thinking like not like how this would have been handled was okay. We're just gonna set up Sinestro or not Sinestro Parallax, but maybe he comes back for a sequel, and the real big villain will be. Um, character. I can't even remember his fucking name Hector, right now. Hector Hammond. Thank you. Um, he'll be the real villain of the piece. You know what I mean? No, they spend so much time setting him up along with Parallax that he easily fucking dies. Like Parallax fucking kills him within like five seconds. It's there's no there's no reason for him to be here other than to just leer at Blake Lively and be jealous of, of Hal Jordan for some reason. Like, did they all grow up together? Like, that's never made clear. Well, I'll, I'll get more into it with my next word, but uh, that was another thing. As like, he sucks even as a as a human antagonist to our characters because they have the one scene at the beginning of them as kids. to so be like, okay, so they were friends when they were kids. They were in some kind of friend circle because what all their parents were doing for work. But then you never get anything after that of them like growing up or anything like nothing established. So it's like there's to me was never any point of why he is how he is with them because there is no establishment of what happened as they grew up. Yeah, we also never get any further in, like info on like what the government's doing with Avancer's body or like the, the alien test or yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, so like I said, it's kind of like you know, Sarsgaard Burns. It's not that they're bad performances. It's just like ones I would say, like I said, Burns is miscast. Sarsgaard's just giving a terrible fucking script and spends most of it screaming because his head gets hurt. His head hurts. He gets migraines over little stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, okay. Yeah. With that, let's go to the Michael first filmmaking decision. Uh, this was the first one I wrote down. It's it's the the overabundance of CGI, uh, particularly on Ryan Reynolds' costume. Uh, why did they do that? That easily could have been some spandex. You didn't need to CGI the mask. It, it looked so terrible. Uh, it's what more people remember about this movie than anything is how shitty the costume was. That was a bad, bad costume. Yeah. Uh, and it just looks like, you know, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if anything but the actors like wasn't CGI. Like I, I'm just assuming everything Dude. was. Dude, it's to the point now that like, I've noticed that unless they had the budget, like they had like a Transformers like budget. If it's a film that relies on CGI, they don't ever age well at all. They don't. They really don't. Like Marvel stuff seems to be the exception because they're they have a really good department. As I say, they're they're spending the money on good CGI that asked. Yeah. Whereas DC is just like, here's two hundred million dollars and an extra nine. Buy yourself something nice. Also, you guys are going to keep working overtime to meet the deadline. Yeah, we're going to give you a deadline so this looks extra shitty. So you rush it. <laughs> Well done. And you're you're working overtime, so you're not going to see your family, so you won't get, like, disgruntled at all. Uh, I bet somewhere in the power ring, like, you know, green CGI is like a fuck you WB or something like that. 
has to be. Uh, for mine, for my film, my conclusion, now they kind of, I know I've been beating around the bush, but what I put was uh, not bothering to develop any of the interpersonal relationships amongst the characters to make for essentially what would have been a more engaging film. Yeah, I agree. Like how I said, how this film does not bother, an interesting story would have had us really follow Hammond, um, Sarsgaard, Lively, and Reynolds' characters as they grew up, what happened to them, half of them, you know, separate as adults, you know, what it was, uh, like I said, developed the idea of, like, Hammond is obvious, because I like the idea of, like, Sarsgaard being the guy who was maybe really obsessed with Blake Lively, but super jealous of Reynolds, because, you know, he's more handsome and charming, and obviously going to be the more like person, and he's, you know, this quiet, dorky kid. You know, that that would have been an interesting route to go and made that whole antagonist part of his uh, arc more believable on why he'd go after them. Yeah, absolutely. We've got three villains here. I mean, we've got Hammond, we've got Parallax, and to a degree, we've got Sinestro, who's just kind of an asshole, but clearly intended to create friction between him and Hal for the sequel. So pick a lane. You know, if you're going to give us a Parallax movie, give us a Parallax movie or give us a Hammond movie on Earth, but make it work. Like, why do I care about this? If they forgot that part. And it's, it's very clear. They're just, you know, a lot of superhero movies just count on the fact that they have the superhero here. So people are going to see. It. Yes. And it's funny because you say the three villains, they usually could have done a trilogy with these three villains. Hammond as your first movie villain. Keep it personal. Keep it small. Right. Then make Parallax. I say let's make him the second movie. I'm, I'm telling you, like, hold off on Sinestro till the finale. Make Parallax the second movie villain. It'd be the thing that causes Sinestro and, you know, how to start being friction to start brewing amongst those two. And then have Sinestro finally go all out evil and want to go after him in the third in the last film. See, I'd reverse it. I'd have Sinestro be the bad guy for part two, and I'd have Parallax, who's been poisoning these characters throughout the franchise, be the big bad of the final movie where the Green Lantern Corps takes him on, and maybe Sinestro has a moment of, like, you know, redemption, where he's like, I don't, I'm no longer I no longer serve fear, you know, I'm a lantern at heart, and he has this moment of, that like... Could work. Yeah. That could work, too, yeah. I the way it As long as there's just one villain of the movie... As as especially around this time, finally we've been they have been finally figuring out how to fucking crack it. But at this time, it was like not ever a good idea. I never got excited when they were like, "Yeah, we're having more than one villain." I was like, "Oh shit!" There's more characters for you to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, look, we've seen in Spider-Man three, Amazing Spider-Man two. Like, don't do it. Like, even and honestly, I held on to that to the point that when they were talking about No Way Home, there was a small part of me that went. Oh, please don't be too much. Please don't be fucking too much again. Like you've done this like twice already with Spider-Man. Don't do it again. Luckily, like I said, they finally knew knew how to do it, knew how to finally make it all work. Um, but yeah, at this time, no. Like anytime you heard like, oh yeah, we're gonna have two or three villains, like, oh shit, this is not gonna work because nothing's gonna get developed enough. Yeah, and you know, here we are <laughs> with our one Green Lantern movie that nobody remembers. Nope, and hopefully if the show ever comes out, that will be a lot better. But now for the, the reverse. Let's let's see if we could somehow pour silver lining out of this film. What was your what, what was yours? What did you come up with? Idea creative, uh, because there's not a lot to endear 
yourself to with this one. Uh, it's pretty much just kind of, you know, a generic list of superhero tropes that are shoved together and duct taped with Ryan Reynolds signature wit. Uh, so I had to get creative. I'm like, you know what, if this movie bombs, there's a very good chance we don't get Deadpool. I mean, if this movie doesn't bomb, like if this is a success, then Ryan Reynolds maybe continues a green lantern franchise. Deadpool falls to the wayside. We don't get that. That's a good one. That's a good so one. Yeah. I, thankfully this, this movie died. So Deadpool could live. <laughs> That's that's what I'm going with. Like this finally gave Reynolds the, the the kick he needed to really start focusing on getting Deadpool made. Yeah, like, yeah, I was very happy to finally get Deadpool instead. Yeah, we got two awesome Deadpool movies with one on the way, and this movie is dead and buried. Yes. Uh, for me, I also had to get creative, and I put the fact that uh, all the various jokes and mockery we've gotten since its release to the point that it's just become literally a part of pop culture, more so than I've seen for any like bad film in history. Like it's become a point to always say something terrible about Green Lantern. A large part of that being from Reynolds himself, who's taken most of the jabs for when obviously the line in Deadpool with the "Don't make it green" or animated with his suit. Uh, hmm. Apparently, when him and Taika Waititi were doing the interview rounds for, I think, Free Guy, they did a bit on an interview where they acted like they had no idea what Green Lantern was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so you know that Green Lantern? They just were like, what? What movie are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, they got they were reunited with, with Free Guy. So, yeah, like, I, I, wow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I this movie's... Uh, suckiness has led to many a funny jokes and that got put that got like so put into the Deadpool movie and you know we got that payoff in Deadpool 2 because of it <laughs> he shoots himself after reading the script oh it still makes me laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good one um, yeah what, I like what's that he, what does he say before he shoots him he's like oh Green Lantern He's like, yeah, all like it's all uphill from here, or something like that. So I'm like, ah, here's a good script. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a minute since I watched Deadpool too, but um, yeah, I don't remember, but I remember the scene. Oh, uh, have you you did you did you watch Unrated where they had that bonus scene about him going back in time to try to kill baby Hitler? Yeah, and he's like, why is this so hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> all right, well, you got nothing else for that. It's time to move on. To our last segment of the show, known as What's in the Box. What's in the fucking box? Well, this may come as a surprise. Uh, of all the films we've covered thus far on this show, this film, Green Lantern, has the lowest score so far. 1.7 out of 5 stars. Which is, I mean, this is bad, but is it? it's nowhere near, like, to me, the bar's been set with Freddy Got Fingered. So I don't, I'd, I'd watch this again over that in a heartbeat. You'd have to put yeah. a gun to my head to make me watch Freddy Got Fingered again. And even then, I might just think, just, just do it. Yeah, I might be like, just, just end it. I don't want to watch just, that again. Just pull the trigger. If I hear the backwards man one more time, I'm going to kill you. Anyway, man. <laughs> uh, I have four in, uh, funny reviews for you here. Uh, a lot of them, were negative like i don't I, there were a few that were like fuck you this is great but most of the time it was just like ugh. 
I would love if like the, the people that are saying fuck you, it's great, got silenced. Mm. <laughs> you never heard from them again. I have a theme here for the first time. Um, all four of these reviews involve uh distractedly doing anything else while this movie's on because they can't stay focused. Um, number one, this is from Kate. Just watched four documentaries in a row about international war crimes, and yet watching this was a way more depressing experience. Half a star. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Speaking <laughs> documentaries, the, the found footage one on Shutter comes out tomorrow. Nice. I'll, I'll try to watch it. Uh, Hopefully I have time myself. We'll see. Next one's from Ronis V. I watched this in seventh grade and I was crying because I was really hungry and didn't bring money to buy food. Also, if you ask me if I like this movie or say what it's about, honestly, I could not tell you for the life of me. Half a star. <laughs> I love that there were so many of these. We're like, I did this and this happened and also Green Lantern was on. <laughs> I'm going to be playing. I had no control. This is from Travis. I got absolutely trashed in the movie theater sharing a 24-pack of beer with my bud that we snuck in when we saw this. Theater was entirely empty except for us. Memory of this movie is empty too. Half a star. Jesus. <laughs> how did you get a whole 24-pack? How shady is your theater you're going to? I am wondering, like, how did you, like, it's not like you can fit that in your pants. Like, how'd that happen? That, that is a shady theater. I don't know if I want to be at that theater. I guess this was, you know, back when you could bring a duffel bag into a theater and nobody batted an eye. Maybe. Um, and this one's my favorite. This is from Aaron King. I saw this at a dollar theater when it came out. About halfway through the movie, I hear some strange noises behind me. And about three rows behind me, there were some high school kids hardcore making out. It was hard to tell where one ended and the other began. I hoped that it was all that I would be witness to that day and kept me kept my focus on the movie when the movie was over and i hightailed it out of there so they wouldn't see me and i wouldn't have to lock eyes with them we were the only three people in the theater i even missed the after credit scene the movie was wasn't very good but it ended up being a bust yet brought ryan reynolds and blake lively together maybe those lovebirds in the theater too here's to you you crazy kids one and a half star (laughs) i just i i love that i was able to get a theme Like, I'm going to put so much more focus on what was happening around them. Like, there's these two kids making out. I don't want to be awkward about it. I love that this guy's like, I often think about them. I don't think about the movie that much, but I often reflect. Like, I hope they made it. I hope they made it. <laughs> I hope this film brought love into their lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's that's what's in the box. Uh, interesting one this time. 1.7. That's the score to beat. We'll, we'll see if we can... Uh... Whoever beat it. <laughs> I, I know I can say this much. I did not put very many well-known uh, bad films for the most part in the second half of the year, except for October. Have to get have to get festive for October anyway, so and a particular film for Christmas that so you guys will find out when we get closer to it. Um, well, if that's all that's in the box, it's time to wrap it up. For everybody, what's going on next week? Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under 
If you want to shoot us a recommendation, feel free to email us, email us at filmgasm.gmail.com. If you'd like to donate and support us in that way, anyway, you can find us on Anchor. And also we have a site, filmgasm.com, for review shows, articles, and all of our episodes. Next week, we'll be honoring Tom Cruise and the release of the new Top Gun, the only way that seems right by me, by lo- taking a look at Cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cocktail. Very interesting. Cocktail. Uh, on Filmgasm, uh, we'll be talking about film, which has stayed with me since childhood, thanks to one traumatizing scene. Alligator, something I've been waiting to talk about. Someone really, really held it out on the schedule. You're, you're lucky you're getting it at all with that act. <laughs> on Oscar Sunday, they will be talking about an, the Alex, Alex Garland film that kind of put him on the map, I would say, big time, with uh, Ex Machina. Not saying he wasn't doing anything, but that really seemed to really fucking launch him in the writer-director field big time. As a director, yes. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's become much more of a much more well-known name since that came out. And uh, finally, on Sneak Preview, we'll be keeping that girl in hype going with the release of his latest, Men, a film that is getting, from what I've seen, previews from critics, Groans from guys who are trying to pull out the uh, justice card, social justice warrior card. There we go. But you know what? If you've seen his other two films, Ex Machina and Annihilation, you'll get an idea of what he's doing with this. And that it's a full core film anyway. And maybe just wait for the goddamn film to come out and see it for yourself. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. But until then... If you find out a cloud villain is about to destroy Earth, you better get that ring on and rise up to the occasion. See you next week on Beyond the Bad. Thank you.